Welcome to Solutions OP Clinical Trials Podcast. My name is Olga and I'm the Managing Director of Solutions OP. We are a small team of experienced professionals working on clinical trials in the United Kingdom. I'll use our podcast to discuss hot topics in clinical trials and provide analysis of the latest trends and challenges in pharma and medical device industries, not just in the UK, but globally. Thank you for listening. In uh, today's podcast, I will talk about artificial intelligence and data protection. And um, this topic was uh, provoked uh, not just because artificial intelligence is a very um, hot topic at the moment, uh, but it's um, also... um, because I attended recently a conference organized by Information Commissioner's Office uh, and there was a very interesting workshop on artificial intelligence and data protection. So I wanted to share that information with you. So for those who are not aware, uh, the Information Commissioner's Office is basically the non-government organization in the UK um, which is uh, responsible for um, data protection uh, regulations and also overseeing the data protection issues in the UK. Um, I have to say, this was really amazing conference. It was online and um, they had lots of workshops and lots of discussions on different topics. Um, really good experts and, and really well um, explained. Everything was explained in a way that even if you're not expert in the field, you can still understand um, the issues uh, in the specific area. So I think they, they've done a really amazing job in organizing this conference. So if you have a chance in the future to participate uh, and uh, listen to their uh, conference, uh, I strongly recommend you to, to do that. So let's go back to our topic about artificial intelligence and data protection. Uh, but before we talk about the data protection issues, we'll just talk a little bit about artificial intelligence and how that works. And then that will make sense in terms of the, the issues uh, that we, we have uh, uh, from data protection point of view. So the generative artificial intelligence is basically mimicking human abilities in performing tasks. So they're looking for a statistical pattern in in the content generated by humans, and this process is uh, called training. So the main uh, activities in uh, in collecting data, which is very often collected from the internet, or generating a model uh, via training. So. This is what you have. So you are, you have the data which could be collected from the internet and it's called open source then. Um, and you have open data and then you have closed data um, when you're using some paid providers uh, that have big data uh, which provided uh, with subscription or you know payments additional if you want to use it to, to generate the model. So this is how the the generative uh, artificial intelligence learns to produce a sentence, uh, a track or any content. So you need data. So the model uh, is then adapted to be able to do a specific task. Uh, For example, um, now we have for the first time artificial intelligence that could be used without writing a code. 
but by writing prompts, which are human written instructions. So, for example, back in the days, if you want to do anything, uh, any kind of programming, you need to, to know the code, you need to know how to program to be able to to produce any any system, any algorithm. But now this is because of artificial intelligence, this could be done um, by using uh, a human written instructions. Uh, so for example, if you write a question in your Google search bar and it will produce an answer uh, uh, in, in your in your browser and you have an answer to your question. So you're using your human written instructions in, and the system provides some information for you that you can see from the model. Uh, so the, the first big challenge for um, data protection is that the data used in the model becomes part of the model. And um, uh, the data is structured in, in different layers and each layer is connected with the others. So the model size depends on the amount of connections between the different late, uh, layers. Um, so if you have a, a very big data, you have a lot of layers, you have a lot of connections, and uh, you know you have more accurate information. So the, the accuracy of the information uh, depends on, on having a lot of data. But again, if you're using open source, as I mentioned initially, um, this will be data that could contain personal information because it's scraping data from the internet, for example. Uh, so one of the, uh, the big challenges, as I mentioned, is that this personal data, uh, which is collected, for example, from the internet, is then processed and then it becomes part of the model. Uh, so the, the process of training requires a lot of resources and investments and only big companies so far can afford um, to have big data sets and, you know, to pay to providers to provide to, to give them uh, a big data sets uh, if it's a closed uh, um, source. Uh, so it, it, at the moment, I think uh, it's quite challenging if you have a small company to really afford uh, to 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 use a big uh, big model, uh, large size size model with a lot of data, uh, it's just because of the financial uh, restraints. So um, let's go to to data protection challenges. Uh, so as uh, <clears throat> uh, one of the big challenge uh, that they mentioned during the workshop was that the data is limited to the to the cutoff. So, for example, if you have a data with a cutoff in 2022 and uh, you want to have information for 2023, uh, the model won't be able to provide you that information simply because it doesn't have it in, in its data set. So that's one of the, the, <laughs> the challenges. Um, another thing I can add is, as you can imagine, if you're scraping data from, from the internet you know that the data could change so something could be wrong and then corrected but that data may not necessarily be in your model because the model is just collecting specific set of data it's put into the model and it's used so you might not necessarily have the updates it depends on on how how your algorithms uh, run 
Um, another big challenge is the hallucinations, um, uh, in, uh, which is uh, the case when the model can generate uh, mistakes that are syntactically and uh, <clears throat> semantically plausible, but actually they're not correct. And I think you can see that a lot, especially um, if you go to LinkedIn, they have quite a lot of uh, artificial intelligence generated articles. And if you had the chance to read into them, uh, sometimes you see some some things that sounds like, I mean, logical, uh, but they're not necessarily correct. So this is, I think, a very, a very good example where you can see that kind of uh, hallucinations, um, as they call them, uh, uh, from artificial intelligence uh, world. So the data used uh, in the models could could be personal data, and uh, also it could be biased. So if you're using information just from internet, you know, yeah, this data could be biased data. Another question is if the people whose data you're using are they actually aware that this data is being used to train a model? So that's another, I think, very significant data protection challenge. And also, um, uh, the data uh, could be a sensitive. Inf- there could be some sensitive information, uh, like financial information, which is removed uh, from the model. But then it still the question remains if. Um, is that data uh, compliant with the data minimization and storage limitation? Um, another big challenge uh, is the data leakages. So the data leakage is if a model produced personal data which was used to generate the model. Uh, so this is why it's, uh, I think it's quite sensitive, the, the fact that you can have personal data um, integrated into the to the model itself and um, of course uh, this leads to another big issue which is uh, data accuracy <laughs> so for example they gave uh, very good models with uh, chat gpt so one of the examples was uh, australian politician who was involved in uh, being a whistleblower in a fraud case uh, when they asked chat gpt about about the the politician actually produced information that he was involved in the fraud case rather than being a whistle whistleblower, so that was obviously not correct. And uh, another very interesting case that they mentioned was um, a biography uh, uh, for a researcher uh, which was created by ChatGPT was actually incorrect, and when he contacted the company and told them that this information is not correct. They told him that they can't change it because it's in the model already. Uh, so as you can see, um, artificial intelligence is, is a really powerful tool. Uh, but at the same time, there are plenty of, uh, of data protection uh, related issues. Uh, and uh, there's a lot of uh, work that is needed in the field until uh, we have something more reliable as a tool. And uh, at the same time, uh, we make sure that uh, we provide adequate data protection for, for everyone. So thank you for listening. I hope this was uh, interesting and uh, uh, I'm looking for another interesting topic for the, <laughs> for the next uh, podcast. Thank you.